Have you ever turned on a podcast in a public place and started listening, only for the three dumb hosts to suddenly start talking about Wolverine's cock? Well, it might happen if you listen here, so here's your friendly content warning that, um, we're gonna probably talk about Wolverine's cock, and we'll definitely swear a bunch. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air but have stopped our journey to Wonderworld to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? And what's different about this season? Uh, we're burning up a lot of old questions that we've had for the most part. Some of these trace back to before we officially launched the podcast. And then also, uh, instead of, on the, on the second half, instead of you asking me what I know of people, I will be teaching all y'all about a bunch of Golden Age characters that I will never have an excuse to talk about otherwise. Because the Golden Age was a fucking wild time for comic books. And so I picked some personal favorites. And, you know, it just lets us change things up. It's fun. And it, I'm never going to get to talk about Ma Uncle elsewhere. That's not this week. She might come up still. Okay. Okay. Anyway, what's the question for this week? Who fucked Goofy? Ooh, I have two answers. Okay, well, I'm going to give the I, official answer first. How about wait, that? Wait, I can't. Pete. Is it George Geef? I don't know who that is. I should say I don't know shit about Disney, the Disney-like canon cast. Like, I just, can we... Pete's I, the bully, right? Okay, just to clarify, because I know the internet is probably screaming that Goofy's fucked everybody. He's, he's a well, horn dog. He's getting sloppy with everybody. Yeah, According to the old joke, it's definitely Minnie. Probably. But well, because like Mickey's in divorce court, and the lawyer's like, "Do I do I have this straight? You want to divorce your wife because she's extremely silly?" And he's like, "No, I said she was fucking goofy." Oh my god, I've never heard that before, and I can't decide if I love it or if I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> okay, so yeah, but I assume we're trying to ask the question of like, who is Max Goof's mom? Uh, yes, it, it's because Goofy has a son in the Goofy movie, which I have seen. Once, and I don't think I was 10 yet when it, like I saw it, so... It's a cinematic masterpiece. That's what I'm told. I keep it. meaning to. Powerline is a great, great band. The main thing I remember, because it was on the commercial before, I think Nightmare Before Christmas, one of the shows we had on VHS was Leaning Tower of Cheese, which I thought was amazing when I was like six years old. Why do I feel like that's in the sequel? No, that's in the first one. Okay. I, I did not see the second one. Um, not as good. It's, it's tough to do a goofier movie. Especially when you take Goofy back. It's like a combination of like Max going to college and Goofy going back to college. So it's like whatever that one where Rodney Dangerfield goes to college with his son. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. The official canon answer, before I let you two Mad Hounds loose. I don't know why I said Mad Hounds. Because I know Pete fucked Goofy. I know. Is, the, the official answer is no idea. It's never been touched upon. Anywhere in any kind of official quote unquote canon of Disney. No, it has. There's two big possibilities. I actually did look this up a little bit. That's why I said George Geef. That's generally the accepted name. Is that the cow lady? No, no. Uh, I think one of the big runner, uh, uh, big possibilities is uh, Penny Pooch because we have seen her in like flashbacks, but never her face, only from the back and like pictures and shit. So like she, we know that she has red hair, which points towards either Glory Bee or, or uh, let me see, Penny Pooch because of her red hair 
or Glory B because she canonically at one point did date Goofy. I'm looking at Penny Pooch's face and it is kind of creepy. We have also heard her before because she was voiced by June Foray, the late great June Foray, who I want to make sure I get this right because she deserves it. June Foray, I wanted to point out, was Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Natasha Fatale, Cindy Lou Who, Jokey Smurf, Granny, like a bunch of big names from... Oh, oh Granny from Looney Tunes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, I was already on with Rocky. But... Oh, Witch Hazel. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yo, Rocky and Bullwinkle was so fucking good. So good. I've always kind of meant to dive into more of the Disney cartoons, because there are some apparently truly great stuff in there. I mean, not the, like, you know, Disney movies we all grew up on, but the actual, like, Mickey Mouse canon yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. <clears throat> but I grew up in a Looney Tunes household. But that's what I have to bring to that. <laughs> George Geef is actually correct, by the way. I wasn't just fucking around. It just sounds like a, a joke. I don't know who this goofy. person I don't is. know who this is still. You're so proud of yourself, and I'm failing you here. No, that's... That's as much as we have of her name. George Geef? I know, it's weird. I don't understand. So confused. Okay. I think we have failed to answer your question, but we have technically answered your question. As yeah. much as we can. I guess George? Or Geef. Pete? Mrs. Geef. We don't know who it actually was. Here's my headcanon. Pete, yes, you said. No, they, they fuck for love. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make kids. Goofy just, uh... Um, what was the term where you where you sprout off your uh, offspring asexually? Oh, budding! I budding. actually thought about that too. The just <laughs> that they're orcs. Yeah, tracks. Actually, I'm more and more into this idea. Oh God, the number of Mary fuck kill questions that we've gotten over the like years that people have sent that maybe we'll have to do a Mary fuck kill season, um, an entire season, just of like different plots. <laughs> Please. This question will come up, not this season, but one was Mary Fuck Kill Pokemon, and I was like, absolutely not. They're like, no, 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 we mean the humans. I was like, okay, yes, that one we can do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not killing a Pokemon. Yes, that's where I was going with that. Thank you. In that case, the answer is always Mr. Mime. Just fucking drown that fucker. We're not going to do the rest of this question, so let's just move along. I'm not going to lie. Some of them look delicious to me. Fuck that. Oh, my God. That's a whole other different thing because they in canon do and don't eat Pokemon. Uh, there is one I want to say where there's uh, Miltank sticks, but they eat fucking Slowpoke tail. Yeah, you're not supposed to feel good about it, but yeah, I did try. <laughs> you're not one. supposed to feel good about. It. <laughs> I feel like that one's almost in like the same way as like you're not supposed to feel good about like eating whale or shark or something. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'm not sure how to do the transfer over on this one. In order to keep our journey going. Yeah, and uh, let me see what I can come up with on the fly. In order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts, especially ones that are going to blow us off course if he holds them in any longer. So <laughs> That's good. I like that. Let's prepare for Zach's golden shower. Oh, my God. No, we're done. <laughs> oh, you're the one that brought up Golden Age Heroes. <laughs> and you brought that to pee, so that's on you. Anyways, imagine it. The year is 1940. You have been kidnapped by gangsters, or Nazis, or probably Nazi gangsters, because it's the golden age. There might be a man with electric swords. A mummy might be involved. All of these things are real. As you're sitting there waiting to be rescued, you see a man drop from the rafters. He is wearing bright red and yellow stripy pants, green boots, a red tunic 
with sleeves that are of clear cloth, poofy sleeves of clear cloth, and big golden-like bracelets to hold it all together. He pulls out a red gun, but instead of firing it to attack the gangsters who've noticed, he clicks a button on his belt, and a single bee comes flying out. Red bee. We are talking about the red bee. Also, all of this is happening in Oregon for some reason. I, I don't know Superior much about City, the Red Bee, but I've Oregon. heard of the Red Bee. I thought that that's where we were going, and I just, I needed to get that confirmation. The Red Bee is my favorite. Top, like, three of the Golden Age heroes. Sometimes it is bright pink poofy sleeves instead of clear poofy sleeves, but the, the clear is better because it makes no sense. I assume it's supposed to be like kind of like a tool, kind of like a translucent fabric that's kind of... It's never explained. Uh, it, this is what I'm gonna. My, uh, <laughs> like, if I had to try and recreate this, this is what I would try and do. I like or whatever tutu fabric is like made out of, where it's almost like a. Are you already planning your red bee cosplay? I am. But um, what does the gun do then? Does it have it the is bee? His stinger gun? It, it's like a. There's a variations. I assume it's like a taser or whatever. You know. Where's the bee come from? His belt. Is the bee his friend in a lie? His name is Michael. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Red Bee is secretly Rick Raleigh, the assistant district attorney of Superior City, Oregon. You okay? Okay, sorry. I thought we were talking about the I had the Bee for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you just told me his name is Michael, so he can't be the district attorney. Now, in some versions, he has multiple bees, but in many, it's just Michael, who is a super intelligent, long-living bee who can sting multiple times without dying. And by super intelligent, I mean capable of understanding basic human communications and orders. This is not, like, pinky in the brain. So it's not like Mr. Mind no, as a bee. It is a bee that doesn't die in, like, 24 hours. <laughs> Or and can just go hand-stinging if it needs yeah, to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and listens to basic instructions. Really? It's like the ultimate bee friend. If you're going to have a bee friend, this is his be best bee yet. I just hate to admit that the red bee could largely be defeated by a fly swatter. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, super strong. No. He but he does, wait, he does have a gun. Look. A stinger gun. Yeah, whatever that means. I, I, as I said, I think it's like a taser, especially bee or insect-related heroes often have some kind of, like, zappy gun. Feel my sting! The Green the, Hornet. The Red Bee walked so the Monarch could run. <laughs> That's, you're oh. not wrong at all. Not at all. According to Jess Nevins' Encyclopedia of Golden Age Superheroes, he fought enemies like the evil spiritualist Dr. Mara, the swordsman who used electrified swords, and Yellow Peril Hatchetman. Now, this came out in uh, 19... The first one came out in 1940, and he appeared through 1942. So, I mean, this was peak. I don't know if peak, but like one of the peaks of Asian racism in America. So, um, there's some real problematic stuff in these stories. We're not getting around to that. Now... The character largely disappeared until All-Star Squadron came out in later years. All-Star Squadron was a book where, a book from the 80s, so 40 years later, where they brought together all of the Golden Age heroes and were like, okay, so the Justice Society is a specific group of Golden Age heroes. The All-Star Squadron is what these heroes were up to. Any Golden Age DC character is fair game during World War II. He is accidentally a founding member of the All-Star Squadron. Because 
He was part of a group, uh, including Our Man and the Freedom Fighters, the founding members of the All-Star Squadron, and they were able to escape because the supervillain Baron Blitzkrieg was busy beating the Red Bee to death, which bought them time. (laughs) They honorarily made him a member. Holy, that's amazing. Now, the Red Bee appears multiple times, along with other characters I've mentioned, because of a character named James Robinson. Now, I uh, not a character, a writer. Now, I know James Robinson has come up a lot across various stuff we've done because he's one of my all-time favorite comic book writers, and he loves Golden Age heroes. He brings them back as a... the Red Bee back as a ghost in the pages of his book Starman, where Starman does... The main character, Starman, Jack Knight, his brother, David Knight, is killed as Starman in the very first pages of, like, page two of the very first issue of Starman. David Knight is shot to death. But Jack will occasionally meet the ghost of his brother who will help him with various hero stuff. During this time... Uh, one of the things he does is in a dream that might not be a dream, David Knight sets up a dinner for Jack with various dead superheroes, including the original Mr. Terrific, uh, Zatara, the original Hour Man, and the Red Bee. And the plot of this is that through most of this, the Red Bee is a drunken jackass. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Everyone else is giving, like, credit and, like, helping him and, like, here's legacy and stuff, and the Red Bee's just being a dick. And they finally call out why, and he's like, because no one remembers me. No one cares about me. I was just a guy with a B. And, like, the there ends up being, like, a lesson of, like, you mattered, you know. Jack Knight's father was the original Starman. That's a great Golden Age costume, but he's not coming up because he's too well known for the level of obscure characters we're going this <laughs> season. Red B admits, like, damn it, I met up with your father once, and even though he had the the... Cosmic Rod, which is literally the power of to harness, like, gravity and the stars. Stargirl uses an advanced right. version of it. And I had a B. He treated me as an equal. So, like, hell yeah. What's weird is he keeps appearing, though. The Red B, even after this. Plastic Man mentions being friends with him in the JLA run that we are reading over in General Nerdery as we speak. Mm-hmm. And it's how Plastic Man knows how to defeat the alien... That's B-lady right. That like is invading and taking alien bees have invaded and taken over the earth. <laughs> and Plastic Man uses the shit that he learned drinking with the Red Bee back in the forties to defeat her. <laughs> Wait, back to the dinner with the Red Bee being a drunken jackass. The only thing that would be better is if Michael would have also been being a drunken jackass. He did not come up. It, it was a very serious story, but it's and somehow it's just smart enough to talk. Now, this, that, this is what I need. Turns out the ghost of bees can talk all they want. Yeah, <laughs> that's the upgrade they get. But, but okay, so there's a few more things of just to make this more wild. Does uh, Limbo? Does he show up in Limbo? In Animal Man? Yeah. Yes. He appears in that. In a Bizarro World, which is a Matt Gronig run uh, collection of like side comics that DC had, there's a short story or a short appearance of the Red Bee and his manager trying to zhuzh him up for modern audiences. He appears in fucking Dark Knight's Death Metal, the most hardcore comic book ever written by the most hardcore... <laughs> it should be try hard, but Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo make it fucking cool instead. And Batman uses the Black Lantern ring to bring back a bunch of heroes. I don't know if permanently or not, but one of them is the Red Bee. Is he like super black metaled out Red Bee? Or I don't know. Like I've not actually Red read Death Metal. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's actually back to life or if it says the like... 
Black Lantern zombies thing that came from Blackest Night. Like, right. but it's probably that fucking bunch of them need to get to death metal. We've talked about doing an episode over on General Nerdery because we did just metal. Yeah, which was <laughs> awesome, wild, so good, so good, <laughs> so wild. <laughs> Anyways, he appears. There's later mentioned that he's been beaten to death by the Shaggy Man, who is a old school JLA character that we also read about over mm-hmm. in. I did not know when I picked the Red Bee that it was going to relate so much to episodes we're doing on General Nerdery. But it's yeah, it, but it Shaggy is. Man. And then most recently, we find out that he had a sidekick. This character was invented this year. Uh, uh, there's a story called Stargirl the Lost Children where we find out that like various sidekick heroes of Golden Age Heroes have fallen through the cracks of time thanks to various world-rebuilding shenanigans. And yeah, Stargirl, wibbly wobbly time you want. Yeah, exactly. And Stargirl saves them. And one is... Ladybug, a young, um, I want to say Puerto Rican girl, but I'm not 100% sure, Central American girl, who has size-changing powers, who was a sidekick to the Red Bee. That's fucking cool as shit. I love that concept. They like they, This character just now exists because they've been lost to fucking time? At the end of the story, uh, it turns out that they can't be put back in their proper place of time, thanks to wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey. Yeah. So Stargirl brings them to the modern day, and they form the Young Justice Society. Okay. Great. What's even stranger, there's been a second Red Bee. In 2007, in Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, a new Red Bee is developed. Uh, Jenna Raleigh, his grandniece, who decides to come out into f- battle with a mechanized battle suit and two robotic bees that shoot electric blasts. Unfortunately, it goes terrible for her because she inco- she meets alien bees and is mutated into a human-bee hybrid, which she then loses her personality and attempts to take over the world. Oh. After she's saved and, like, gets her brain back, she's like, maybe being a superhero sucks. And, Fair. And uh, yes. decides to become a half-human, half-bee scientist. Hmm. I imagine that's a more common thing in that universe <laughs> than I would expect. I don't think... Ha- half human, half something scientist. I don't think the Red Bee is public domain, which means they might be purposely bringing him up every 10 years or so to keep the IP, which is a common move in comic books. Yeah. But, but also wild because it's the Red Bee. Yeah, like, well, either DC has decided we need to keep this IP even though no one gives a fuck because it's the Red Bee, or... Just random DC character writers every once in a while are like, we have to bring this fucker up. I mean, if you look at the character design, I could see both. (laughs) I could see both. Fucking Michael the fucking B. I could see a couple of fucking DC writers (laughs) being (laughs) very up their alley. But also at the same time, I could also see DC being like, can't lose any IP. They are real hardcore about keeping IPs. Like it's it's strange, but I love it at the same time. Red Bee movie twenty forty nine. The Blue Beetle was successful. Let's have the Red Bee next. I mean, all it's going to take is for DC to get their own version of Marvel Snap, and we'll suddenly be playing a Red Bee card. With the amount of Marvel Snap that I've been playing, I would play the fuck out of one of like Golden Age. For like a, oh my god. <laughs> You had little B tokens on everything. Little B. No, no, I was thinking, just one B token, Michael. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that kind of like a squirrel girl effect. Yeah, but okay, we're good. I'm sorry. 
Um, that's the red bee. <laughs> that's excellent. That's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.